You're listening to Fucking Sober. Hello. Welcome to our perfect home. Please come in. Starring Betsy Williamson. Oh, look at me. I'm a mess still wearing this apron. <laughs> Matt. Matt Williamson. Mom, mom, mom. Cookies are done. And kids, Poppy, Connor, and Briggs. Coming, Poppy. Would you like a freshly baked sticker doodle? Mom, who's here? Say hello. We have company, dear. Hi. Hello. Inside Voices, sweetheart. You remember my children, two boys and a girl, just like I planned it. Oh, and you remember Bauer, of course. Matt is here somewhere. Oh, he's in the kitchen. What are you doing at the sink, honey? Episode two. Matt. Day two. Matt. Hey, Bets. Bets. Betsy. I glance up at my husband, who is looking at me across the sterile, dark kitchen, waiting for an answer. Betsy. On the counter next to my husband is a row of 15 liquor bottles awaiting execution. They are lined up by height. I squeeze my knees harder into my chest as I balance on our Serena and Lily stool. You ready? It all feels like some strange ceremony, as if the next steps require us to burn sage and say a weird prayer. Sure. He picks up the bottle of Tito's, the same bottle that I was drinking from yesterday, the largest and emptiest of the lineup. Goodbye, Tito's. Tito's. The perfect vodka for mixed drinks. A year-round beverage. From lemonades to martinis to hot chocolate. And, of course, always good for a last-minute shot. So long. I realize I'm witnessing the love of my life. What? Pour out the other greatest love of my life. And I find the whole thing absurd. What? This wonderful man that once stood with tears in his eyes what? as I walked down the aisle 10 years ago now leans hunched over a kitchen sink, what? holding with both hands a gigantic plastic liquor bottle. What are you laughing at? Nothing. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. One down. He takes the now empty bottle of Tito's and marches it to the end of the line. Matt grabs the next bottle, Malibu rum. I stare at the bottle as he tips the palm tree label upside down, a warm breeze mixed with banana boat sunscreen, an adult's only vacation. I bought this bottle as an attempt to bring the beach back to our suburban home after an argument between Matt and I. A lazy attempt to get back to a happier us. Happier us. Cheers to 10 years, babe. And uh, I think we need another round. I'll be right back. I can feel the warm Bermuda sun on my face and the buzz of my first drink settling in. Right before taking off towards the beach bar, he kisses me making his blue eyes light up. 10 years of marriage is a long time, yet getting back to moments like this, getting back to us, makes my belly tingle. Baby, I need to slow it down just a little, take my time. 
but I had had this plan for as long as I could remember. And here I am living a literal dream. By age of 10, I had all the details mapped out right down to the beach wedding and sequined gown with large puffy sleeves. My husband would be a cross between Tom Cruise from Top Gun and Rob Lowe from Youngblood. I needed to marry young so I could have kids young, free kids to be exact. Having kids young would be easier on my body. And I was going to be a cool hip mom. Matt was on board with creating the life I had always imagined. We said, I do, beside the ocean in Nantucket, five years after graduation. A beach wedding with candles and mason jars and a steel drum band. It was perfect. I decided to try the uh, Malibu rum swizzle this time. Oh, thank you. Island specialty. And it comes with a cute umbrella, too. Matt kisses me on the lips again, his mouth lingering this time. We smile at each other. Mm, I think I like the rum swizzle. This moment brought to you by alcohol. Oh, I wish this wasn't our last night. <laughs> we could have good moments like this when we could focus on one another when we escaped reality. We could ignore the fact that recently, when at home, we spent most of our time arguing over who cleans up the kitchen or folds the laundry or why there were three empty bottles of wine in the recycling bin and it was only Tuesday. On vacation, we were on an equal playing field. Taxi to Ocean Bay. Tell we weren't. Yes. And might I say you two make a fine couple. Thank you. Oh. Where did you get that? From the mini fridge. Are you gonna drink that now? You don't even like beer. We should uh we should get you some water. Are you serious? Sir, do you, do you, of course do you I water? like beer. Since when? Since always. We should uh we should get you some water. Wait, you were just drinking with me like two seconds ago back on the beach. Matt was the first one to order afternoon cocktails on the beach earlier today. Yesterday, he brought me a mimosa to my pool chair for breakfast. We've spent lazy afternoons in bed in a booze-filled haze having more sex than we've had in years. Matt says he likes when I get my buzz on. It brings out my frisky side. Yeah, but Betsy... But now, suddenly... He thinks I've hit my limit. Taking a beer in the cab? Why does he get to decide when I've had enough? I don't know. It just, uh, just seems excessive. Oh, God. Why are you suddenly being like this? I just, I want you to remember our dinner tonight. I take a long, drawn-out sip from my beer. That's, I don't want to fight about this. It's fine. Let's just, let's just have some fun. On the last night. I look out the window a bit longer. There is so much to say, but we both don't say it. Not here, not home, not ever. Okay, fine. I let him hold my hand as he slides closer to me in the seat, allowing this cycle to repeat. Matt picks up a fifth bottle of Smirnoff Raz Vodka and unscrews the top. I think about the old collection of cheap vodka bottles we proudly display on the top shelf of our closet, freshman year at Trinity. Jesus, where did this shit come from? I have no idea. Maybe one of the ladies brought it to book club? That is, that is disgusting. He really can be so judgy. When did his taste get so refined? It's not like he ever said no to Smirnoff back in the day. Smells like college. Yikes. I spin around in circles as my best friend Mariah wraps the saran wrap around my body, making a see-through tube top in my dorm room. Can you see my bra? You can't see much. You look 
amazing though, Bets. <laughs> We're getting ready to head to the anything but clothes party in the senior apartments at Trinity. <laughs> and we are determined to make a statement. Shots? This is all part of our pre-gaming ritual. I pour the fifth of raspberry Smirnoff vodka across the tiny row. One more. Yeah. I'm going to be trashed. I check my AOL instant messenger and put up my away message for the night. Sofa King Cutie. See you later, but I probably won't remember. And it was true. The night I met my husband will forever exist as an empty hole in my memory. Even Matt has little recollection of meeting me, remembering a whole other party and a totally different night altogether. All I can truly remember is his brown hat. What were you wearing? My dress was sparkly and pink, and everyone wore something fancy. It was like a ball, except we were in this big gymnasium called the Student Center. What did Daddy wear? He had on a tuxedo with a cute bow tie. It's a fairy tale, a lie, that I made up because I don't want them knowing the truth. Love on the moon isn't really That just maybe mommy isn't actually perfect. There was a horrible snowstorm that night. Daddy offered to walk me back to my dorm room because I lost my keys. He was just the perfect gentleman. That's actually the truth, which helps me feel slightly better. Matt was a gentleman the first night we met. We didn't hook up, even though I probably tried. Ew, did you kiss? Not that night. What did daddy say to you when he left you at your room? He said he had fun dancing with me and that I was beautiful. Dad doesn't ever dance. Honestly, I have no clue what we talked about the night I wore a saran wrap tube top. I was too drunk. The one image that does exist was his favorite faded hat with his long blonde curly hockey hair sticking out from the sides. Hey. After that night, I would search that hat out in the dining hall, the library, and across the quad. I would eventually sit front row at all of his hockey games, cheering him on for the next three years of his college hockey career. But the only thing I remember from the first night I met my husband was that stupid, ugly brown hat. Hey, Bets, you okay? Yep, fine. I look up as that boy, now a man, and my husband of 12 years, grabs a bottle of my favorite rosé, Whispering Angel, and unscrews the top to empty it. His curly hockey hair, a thing of the past, now replaced by the standard middle-aged men's balding crew cut. I suddenly can't help but wonder, was this always his purpose? I'm on the verge of tears watching my favorite rosé go down the drain. So, um, what's the plan? Is it just, uh, I don't know, one day at a time, like they, yeah. like they say? Yeah, maybe. Whatever that means. 
My husband places the drained wine bottle in its proper place in line at the end of the empties. He walks towards me and tries to lift my chin and narrows one eye at me in a playful way. You know, I never really liked Rosé. Kind of glad to get rid of this stuff. I glance back at him blankly. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm proud of you. It sounds like an infomercial. Proud of me? For what? I look down at my phone at the article I have pulled up. How to quit drinking the first 24 hours. No, you're not. What do you mean? I, I mean, yeah, this is, this is tough, but that doesn't mean I'm not proud. And none of these articles explained it like this. This whole thing sucks. I know, but this is, this is a really big step. I think it's good that you are really, truly doing something about this. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. I never expected you to want to stop completely. What he doesn't get, but what I realize I do, is I don't want to stop completely. I have to. Do you think I need, like, real help? Matt quickly grabs a rag and starts wiping the counter. What do you mean, real help? I don't know, like... I don't know, like group therapy or a program of some type. Um, I mean, I don't think you're so bad. Like, you know, you need AA or something. Do you? Never mind. They probably don't even do them during the pandemic. For the first time today, he looks thrown off. My sturdy rock of a husband seems uncomfortable by this notion of our family being thrust into a world of alcohol support groups. Neither one of us ever saw our lives going down this road. But yet, deep down, we both knew exactly how we got here. Wasn't it only yesterday we were having a shot contest in the dorms at Trinity? Or ordering one more round at the golf course? Or at dinner? Or on vacation? Drinking has always been a part of our relationship. An activity together. A way for us to be us. But something changed the last few years. All those nights when he would come home late from work and find me secretly resentful, knee-deep in a bottle of wine, I could sense the tension. Or the mornings, pretending not to be hungover after weekly martini Mondays with the girls. He wanted to say something. But he didn't. I squinted Matt, still wiping the now-clean counter. Never mind. Forget it. And yet, on other nights, he would encourage my drinking, asking me simply to slow down or just drink less. What I couldn't explain to myself, let alone him, was that I had no ability to do so. The furthest I had gotten one night after one of our chats was Googling the phrase, how to know if you are drinking too much. That was almost a year ago. We both knew what was happening and both of us said nothing. I watched the bottles disappear, each clink a tiny goodbye, and suddenly I want to scream. Sofa King Cutie still wants to party on. Why me? Why am I the one who needs to change? I stand up, agitated, unable to sit still anymore. No, 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 wait, listen. I don't know anything about alcohol support groups, so I don't know. Let's just, uh, why don't we just do some research? I sit back down on the stool. Mom brain instinctively checks the clock. Okay. Well, we're supposed to be at the Sanfords in four hours for our quarantine family happy hour. So what do we do about that? We don't go. Really? I'm... Not sure that's an option. Of course it is. I mean, you always got options. I'll I'll handle the Sanfords. Don't worry about it. I'll make up something good. I feel relief flood my system. 
and remember why Suffolk and Cutie Googled support groups a year ago. She wasn't ready to lose her Rob Cruz. She was fighting for her picture-perfect life. First, I'm going to go take all this trash out. Hey, look. All the booze in the house has officially been poured out. There is a lightness in knowing I can't sneak sips of vodka okay. anymore. I'm going to spend some time on the computer. You know, looking up some stuff. Yeah, that sounds good. Can I help? No. No, I think I need to do this by myself. But you just deal with the kids, please. I can't do both today. Sure. Absolutely. I can do that. I will take care of them like they're my own kids. <laughs> I turn around and begin to walk out of the kitchen, leaving my husband alone. But something makes me hesitate. When I was 18, I was so happy that I found the picture-perfect guy who fit into the storybook life I had always envisioned. But I never thought about what came after the perfect wedding, and the perfect babies, and the perfect house. What did all of that perfect even mean in the end? I spin back around to look at Matt. His back turned to me now, shoulders slumped, exhausted. Hey, Matt. Yes, sweetie. He starts to turn around to look at me, and I can feel the sting of humiliation in the corners of my eyes, expecting to see irritation or annoyance. I'm surprised when I realize he has a big, huge, stupid grin, the kind of smile that makes his blue eyes light up. So, I kiss him. The kiss is grateful and soft, and it makes my belly tingle. Thank you. You're welcome. That was Fucking Sober, Day 2, Episode 2. Fucking Sober Season 2 Betsy is written by Kimberly Kearns. Story development by MJ Hova, Dylan Heap, and Katie Mack. Associate produced by Brianna Janae and Ewan Newbigan Lister. Special thanks to Kelly X and Cynthia Wright. Fucking Sober is produced and sound designed by Katie Mack. This episode features music by Matt the Electrician, Natalia Zuckerman, Anna Egg, Jacob Derwin, Pop Buchanan, Judah Kim, and Brody Surright. Betsy is played by Kate Siegel, Matt by Otis Gray, Poppy and Connor by Sox Whitmore, Briggs by Brian Fitzgerald, The Taxi Driver by Sean Jesse May, and Mariah by Tani Lara. All artists involved with Fucking Sober have their own story with recovery. For more information about the artists and the team, visit our website, fckingsoberpodcast.com. Stay up to date and follow us on Instagram and TikTok, fckingsober90 underscore podcast. There are no dues or fees to listen to Fucking Sober, but we do and will take donations. If you like what you heard, consider making one. You can find us on Venmo at Fucking Sober Podcast or on PayPal, always through our link tree and our website. Fucking Sober is not aligned with any recovery groups or organizations, and the views and sentiments expressed here are those only of the protagonist and not reflective of everyone's experience. Thank you for listening. And thank you for helping us to stay sober. One day at a time. We drove forever into the sunshine.